Blog Talk Radio. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third generation minister and business coach. Join Steve and his guests to get answers to your questions and help break through to the next level in your business. Hi, this is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Have I got a treat for you today. We are going to talk about how to succeed in business. You know, all of us, I I hope, as business people want to succeed. I hope there's nobody out there that's like, you know, I really hope my business fails. (laughs) I really don't think any of you think that. But the thing about it is, is that success doesn't just happen on accident. Success isn't like going down to the convenience store and buying a lottery ticket and hoping that you're the one out of a billion people that wins. Success is something that you plan for. It's something that you do with excellence. You have systems and you have things in place so that you will succeed. And so today, to help us be able to dive deep into what it takes to really succeed is the premier, most awesome lady when it comes to networking and to having a business, Miss Sandra Yancey, who is, by the way, the founder of RE Women Network that we're proud to be a part of. Sandra is not only a phenomenally successful businesswoman, but brings those to the business and to her coaching with her clients to help people understand that what you plan for is what succeeds, that success doesn't happen on accident. It happens on purpose. So join with me in welcoming warmly the founder and director of the eWomen Network, Sandra Yancey. Hi, Sandra. Oh, Steve, it's so wonderful to be with you today. Oh, I'm so glad to have you on the show. We've been talking about it since February, and schedules are just so crazy. (laughs) Right, right, right. You are a busy guy, right? Yeah. And uh, now that you're almost done with your whirlwind tour for the year again. (laughs) Right. I am officially. It's officially done. I was just Facebooking about that today, getting (laughs) getting my system back on one time zone, right? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Don't know whether I'm awake or I'm asleep or what coast I'm on right now. (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, Sandra, for people that are listening in um, that aren't part of eWomen Network, which hopefully by the end of this episode, we can help encourage them with that a little bit, too. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your background and what got you to this point. Well, I'm a small-town girl, originally from uh, Dayton, Ohio, and I moved about 15, about 19 years ago, actually, I moved to Dallas, Texas, and it was a huge shift for me, Steve. I, you know, I you know, again, had never lived in a big city. And so, um, but I, it was a a real opportunity. Very quickly, I thought, oh my gosh, I'd had my own consulting firm for about seven years. And um, I realized that, you know, when you live in Dayton, Ohio, if you want any kind of major clients like I had, which was, you know, anything from AT&T to NCR to Levi Strauss to John Deere, um, Dow Jones, I mean, a lot of uh, companies that I had, I mean, you had to travel, right? And when I moved to Dallas, I realized, oh my gosh, I could actually build this business and not necessarily have to travel and be home with my children in the evening uh, for dinner. 
And uh, because it was, you know, eight miles from my house was world headquarters for Frito-Lay and JCPenney's and Cadbury Schweppes had a big campus. Ross Pro had his big EDS campus and the list goes on. I mean, Texas Instruments, I thought, gosh, I can, you know, be more than busy, you know, and be, you know, be in real good shape. And so I started networking because I just didn't know anyone uh, in Dallas. And that's when I realized that it was, you know, the epitome of what I call the good old boys network. And I say that with tremendous respect and admiration. It's not a critique at all. It was it was stunning to me to be able to witness how, you know, men were, you know, sharing resources and contacts and leads and information and bringing their protégés and uh, creating strategic introductions. And I thought, you know, it was, a, it was the first time I could really say, boy, I so get why men are you know, so successful, you know, only 2% to this day of all women entrepreneurs, you know, break the million dollar mark. And, uh, and I saw why. And everybody was very nice to me, Steve. It wasn't like I was shunned or anything like that. I, but on the other hand, I didn't feel like I was really included to play in the game. I really felt like I was relegated to the stands to be a fan of what I was observing. And, and I wanted to play. And so I started networking with women's groups. And in the time, at the time, I just felt like, where are the women that want to build a million-dollar business like me. Where are the women that the networking wasn't going to be about all the social aspects that we can rely on in terms of connection, but where are the women that are serious about business? And I just couldn't find it, and that was the basically the impetus of what started what is today global multimillion-dollar enterprise. <laughs> well, we're very glad you started it, even those of us that are guys that are in E-Women Network. Yeah. are glad yeah, that I mean, you smart stepped men. out. Smart men. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, there's a couple of secrets as a guy that I've shared with uh, with other guys, and, and, and the smart ones have taken it to heed, and the others haven't. Um, one, I, I suggested back a few years ago that every guy get really familiar with the Twilight movie because ladies liked it. You know, so whether you right, liked it or right, not, right. it was a phenomenon for women. And I say the same thing to them in business. It's like, if you know, if women are going to be part of who you're doing business with, then uh, you need to be the where the women are. So um, let's talk about the success you've had, because uh, I know that you've worked really hard for it. It wasn't like you just woke up one morning and poof, right. you were successful. Success is not something that happens on accident. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know anyone that's just kind of, uh, if you want to say, just kind of tripped into massive success. There, there might be um, there might be a few people out there. I just don't know any of them. Um, the people that I know uh, that are, you know, the Mark Cubans of the world and Matthew Knowles, who you know was number one in the world. Uh, for three years selling medical equipment for Xerox before he quit to manage his very young daughter, Beyonce, uh, when she was first starting uh, Destiny's Child. And he managed her through the you know, musical royalty that she is today through 2012. Um, the people that are uh, Hiram Smith, who, you know, for example, started out of his garage. I don't know if you know this, Steve, but it was actually his garage that he started the Franklin planning system back in the 80s. And then he bought his best friend's company, uh, Stephen Covey, because Stephen had the book Seven Habits of Highly Successful People and had the name and uh, the name recognition. And so when he bought Stephen's company, he was smart enough to, uh, 
you know, used his name and renamed it Franklin Covey and, and took it public to almost a billion-dollar company. Now, these are some of the people that are, are uh, mentoring me today, and what I can tell you is that overwhelmingly what I've learned is that success really is scheduled. You know, it's it's not an accident. Very few, very few. I don't know any, and I don't know anybody that knows anybody that's kind of just tripped on massive success. It is, you know, the result of just, you know, a tremendous amount of, you know, effort and time. But it's not just about putting in time. It's about putting in time wisely. You know, time's that it's that one thing that we spend all the time, and um, and we can never buy back. So it's about how you use your time. Are you using your time making the cash register ring, or are you using your time getting caught up in the administrivia, if you will, that you know comes with every business? Uh, I don't care what it is; it all has its busyness, and uh, it's very easy for I think entrepreneurs to get distracted on the things that ultimately really you know don't matter i mean you know if you can't make the cash register ring you know it's it's hard to be successful and you certainly can't sustain it you know over a a long period of time and that's i think where exhaustion really kicks in people get really tired and then when you're tired and you're not take care of yourself and your mind and your body then you become that much more ineffective and it becomes this very you know, kind of spiraling, you know, situation. You know, my mother used to always say very wisely, you know, when you find yourself, you know, digging digging yourself in a hole, you know, step one is stop digging. <laughs> you know, step two is put down the shovel, right? And step three is ask for help so that someone can really extend to you a ladder um, so that you can begin to uh, to climb out of it. And the big lesson that I've learned is that, you know, no one makes it alone. I mean, I don't care if you're a solo person and and you're working out of your home right now and you um you know want to stay that way you can you can build an incredibly successful you know six figure even multi million dollar uh business uh working out of your home uh but you can't do it by yourself you just can't uh, there's just there's too many things that need to be done and it wouldn't be a good use of your time you know steve to to do it all to be doing it all by yourself i mean ultimately what i've learned is you know, the really super successful, you know, and this is a goal that I have had and I'm just now reaching 15 years in business. Um, so it's not that it's easy. It's easy to understand, um, but uh, or it's simple to understand, maybe not easy to apply, but this is, should be all of our ultimate goals, I think, as entrepreneurs, and that is that we only do the things that only we can do, right? Only do the things that only we can do. That to me is uh, is what I have learned, and when I when I focus on that, then I know that I'm adding the greatest value to my company. At this particular stage and juncture, I want to hire out the things that either I don't like doing or I'm not good at, and then I have to question myself what because there's things that I like to do that probably that somebody else can do. You know, Steve, I'm just going to be real honest. There's things I like to do that you know make me feel. You know, my my current position doesn't have a lot of the, – the, the closing cycles seem really long, and I love the feeling of the beginning, middle, and end of little projects. Um, but I, I've, had to, I've had to ask myself, is this the best use of my time? Could I be how – I, how much do I value my time? And if I'm valuing my time, is that what I would pay someone else to do what it is that I'm doing? And it's really helped me, you know, begin to focus on, okay, so where else can I put my energy that is of the highest value of the company and I'm in love doing it? 
and uh, and that's really i think ultimately the goal i wish i had understood that earlier i think i would have been i would be farther along today without question i think that's so important you said two really really impactful things in there a what is the most impactful thing i can do for my business and you said you use the phrase makes the cash register ring so not just right. uh, what makes me feel good but what actually exactly. is impactful and, and grows my business um and then secondarily to that is um is this a good use of my time you know i mean i may really love it but is it yeah. a good use of my time to be spending my time doing that i, I would just encourage everybody that's listening to take a minute during the commercial and really think to yourself, not just what are you really great at, but what are you great at that really grows your business? And are the other things that you're doing really effectively making a good use of your time? If you do that, we'll take this commercial break and then we will be right back. Are you an entrepreneur, coach, or consultant who is tired of constantly searching for the next client? Are you ready to get your expertise out of your head into the world and packaged into a profitable online course that delivers a steady stream of your perfect ideal clients to your door and a steady, predictable source of revenue? Hi, this is Janine Blackwell, creator of Create Six Figure Courses Virtual Bootcamp, and I've created my own seven-figure courses, and I've walked hundreds of experts like you through the step-by-step of creating and launching a profitable online course. I'd like to invite you to a free online training I'm hosting for you called The 7 Steps to Creating and Launching Your Profitable Online Course. I'm going to show you exactly how to create your course, market your course, and automate delivery of it so you can get your course up and running fast and have it work for you 24-7. You can grab your spot for this free training at www.createmyonlinecourse.com. So join me at www. Are you ready to be a celebrity expert in your field? Are you your own best kept secret? Do you have talents you want to share with the world? Are you ready to be seen as an authority? Do you have a message you need to share with the world? You know to your core you can help people if you could just reach them. Kathy and I want to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. Are you ready for this? How would you like to be recognized on top media outlets? What would becoming an Amazon bestseller do for your business? How many people could you inspire? And it doesn't take a lifetime. It doesn't take years. It doesn't take months. In fact, in just 60 minutes, you will become a celebrity expert in your field. In 30 days, you will be a bestseller selling author and you will be seen on NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox, and the Wall Street Journal. How does this work? Will you be interviewed on our show, Thriving Entrepreneur, which will then be broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and many others, as well as promoted to a network that has a database of over 500,000 people. Your expert interview will be published in your very own book, which is guaranteed to hit best-selling author status on Amazon. Your name and the book title will appear in major media outlets, including ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN. We can guarantee that. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a custom social media package 
to promote your book and an MP3 of your interview with five key tips on how you can repurpose the content for marketing and sales. Don't be the best kept secret. Get ready to play an A game and be the authority in your field. Go to wehelpyouthrive.com and click on the authority package to get yours today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, this is Steve, and I'm here with Sandra Yancey, and we are talking about how to be successful and about the fact that it, success is something that happens on purpose. You know, Sandra, I have some really interesting questions that came in from different folks around the Northwest region that I asked mm-hmm. some questions. I asked them, I said, you know, if you got a chance to have a one-on-one conversation with Sandra, what would you ask her? And uh, so throughout the course of time here, we'll kind of weave some of these in here. Um, okay. It's interesting because in the last segment, we kind of actually covered one of them without knowing it. Diana asks um, what you've done to be good at sales, closing deals, and being profitable that mm-hmm. you know can make your money talk, that can make the, the cash register ring. Can you talk in a little bit more detail about the things that you've done I to can. find and I, Yeah, I'd love to talk about just the whole notion of sales. I think the biggest thing that I have learned is that you have to sell the way your customer buys. Okay, let me say that again because this is a this was pivotal for me and it completely changed my business when I learned that I have to sell the way my customer buys. And I think Tony Robbins was the one that coined something to the effect of let your prospect determine your presentation. And so I do think it's really important that we really understand that it's you know there's not just one sales pitch for everyone. That and this is what frees you, and this is this is what allows you, I think, to move into, you know, having a dialogue where you don't sound so salesy. I think salesy people are people that, you know, kind of memorize one one methodology and one pitch for moving your prospect into taking action with you. And what I've learned is to take a much more, you know, conversational approach and to allow my customer my prospect to guide me. Um, I think we can get so uh, so caught up in what we want to say in the sales conversion process that we forget, you know, that really it's not about us; it's about the customer. And that's been, I think, a pivotal lesson for me. Just to slow down. You can make more money, you know, uh, in my opinion, uh, speaking to 10 people than you can to 100. And for a lot of people, that's counterintuitive because they feel like, you know, she who passes out the most business cards wins or gets as many, you know, um, in the in the hopper, so to speak, in the funnel. Um, and I listen, I, you know, I, I'm here to tell you that, you know, that doesn't work for majority of women. It never worked for me, and I'm running a multimillion-dollar global enterprise on a completely different philosophy that I think resonates with, you know, uh, women, all women, and a tremendous amount of men, actually. And, and here's, here's, what, here's really what it's about, Steve, and that is that you have to pay attention to the core signals that your prospect is 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 giving you. I mean, your prospect tells you all the time what their value systems are. You know, people make decisions differently. 
you can make decisions very different than me. You know, for you, it could be, for well, let me just put it this way. One person, it might be based on, you know, a whole bunch of facts and research, and they just, they want to make sure that something is uh uh, tried and true, you know, and and has, a, you know, a proven track record. And, you know, that's going to be – and so if you are selling a product, you know, and you're talking to this kind of person, you need to know that you need to focus on those kinds of things, right, um, as opposed to another person who, you know, really, you know, is, is someone that – you know, values kind of community and, you know, contribution and involvement and teamwork. And so, you know, when you talk to that kind of person, you need to be a little bit more, you know, showing them that you care more about them than the money, that you want to introduce this product to their people to help them to keep to, to put the support together and that kind of thing. And then there's other people that don't want any of that. They're just very, you know, kind of fast action uh, kind of people, and they they are the kind of people that just you know want to like get busy, and so you can talk yourself out of a sale by talking too long to that kind of a person, right? And then there's other people who are more like me, actually, which are the kind of people that you know really want to say, okay, so you know how does this work in my company? What is the system this is going to go into, and you know what's the predictability, if you will, of you know what the the likelihood of success is going to be, and you know how you know I like like system, structure, plans, organization, right? We call them SOPs here, uh, standard operating procedures. And so, you know, if you talk to me um, and you're trying to sell me on something that I that I then say, okay, so how is this going to really take, you know, a, a life in my business? And, you, and all you're doing is talking to me about how great this is and how wonderful it is and you need to take it and this is going to give you so much, you know, opportunity and this is really exciting and, you know, this is all – I mean, you're like talking, you're barking up the wrong tree. So what I've learned is to look at people and, you know, they tell you physically and they tell you basically, you know, uh, with their words and their questions tell you so much of who they are. And so I think it's important that you learn how to master your conversation that gives your customer what they want because this really isn't about you. It's not about you focused. It's about other focused. You know, my mother used to say it differently when I was a younger girl. She You'd say, Sandra, you'll make more friends in 10 minutes being interested in them than you will in 10 years trying to get them interested in you. And that is the one thing that I think is, um, you know, I've taken that and I've tweaked it, you know, adjusted it, you know, as I've, uh, as I've grown and as I've developed a business. And, uh, and I'm realizing how powerful that is. You know, Kurt Lewin um, who was a behavioral psychologist from eons ago, uh, did a study, and I never forgot this. It was a, you know, was a, a, a little algorithm that he wrote, and he said, behavior is a function of the individual in the environment. And so that's what's really important is behavior. That, those are choice points. You and I, Steve, behave differently in different environments. You're behaving differently than, with me, and I'm behaving differently with you right now on this interview than I might be if we were just, you know, having a glass of our favorite beverage at the local neighborhood uh, bar. 
you know, we behave differently when we're presenting in front of a formal client than we are when we're hanging around with our family. You know, our environment is what changes. We don't change as an individual. We don't change that much, uh, particularly after we get to a certain age. But we can make choices about how to create different behaviors based on the environment that we're in. Because people will say to me, well, I'm not going to change. I don't want to change. That feels fake to me. No. Let me just tell you, if you've had children, you change your behavior all the time to speak to them in the way that they will hear you, that they will buy into you, that they will understand you, that they will be enthused by you. We change our behavior. We speak to children differently. Then now that I'm taking care of my you know, mother that's 89 years old in the final stages of her life, I find now that I speak to her today differently than I used to because she's scared. It's hard for her to make decisions. She, she needs time to think. She isn't the woman that she used to be in this stage. And so I've shifted my behavior to keep her comfortable, to keep her feeling secure, to keep her feeling confident, right, in all the decisions that she has to make. I manage that. So I simply manage that conversation differently. And it's a very important, because I think we sometimes memorize, you know, and, and or we'll take a sales class and we'll memorize things. And we, we, we apply it as it's like, a, you know, what's that one size fits all? So not true, I have learned in the, in the sales cycle. I mean, when I speak to a group of men, I find that I do shift and speak a little bit differently than when I'm speaking to a group of ladies. I shift and speak differently when I'm speaking to my corporate sponsor with American Express or, or, or Life Reimagined. Or, you see what I'm saying? I shift my behavior. And it's so important that we understand that today. And that's why I think people feel salesy because they feel like they have to go into a script, right, versus being in flow with your customer, being confident enough in what you provide, what is the transformation your product or your service offers, how you can shift and change their life for the better. I don't care if it's a new color of lipstick, you know, or a search engine optimization strategy, Right? I mean, you have to speak the way your customers buy if you really want the sale. Because the goal is to get to fewer, um, fewer no's. I mean, someone said, do you ever hear this, Steve? So, did you ever hear the thing that you have to have 10, yeses be- 10 no's before you get a yes? That's exhaustion. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so old school. That's so last, you know, 20 years. I mean, it's not about, if you're getting 10 no's, uh, my recommendation is you stop. Stop the madness. Stop. Stop and turn around and reflect. What isn't working? Why isn't this working? Because something's wrong if you're getting that many no's before you get a yes. You know, the magic is when you start getting so many yeses, you've got to say, oh, my gosh, I've got to scale up because I can't take on any more business. I mean, people that say to me, you know, I can't take on any more customers. I just scratch my head. I'm like, what, what is that thinking all about? I mean, could you ever imagine Oprah saying she's, doesn't need any more subscribers to her magazine or viewers to her her network. Could you ever imagine Bill Gates saying, no, we don't need to sell any more Microsoft operating systems? Could you ever imagine, uh, uh, you know, Sarah Blakely, billionaire with Spanx, saying, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I've sold enough Mm -hmm. Spanx, right? I mean, that's an opportunity, that's an opportunity for you to now, you know, you're at a real critical juncture where you've gone through from that startup and that growth stage to now being able to leverage, right, and thinking about doing things differently. 
you know, so that you can, in fact, serve more customers and make more revenue. And those are the kind of actions that you take on purpose. You on yes. purpose get to know the people that you're going to ask to do business with you. You get to know on purpose the things that you are good at. And uh, to quote Jessica Butts, the things that you suck at, <laughs> you know, so that right. you're not exactly. doing those. Um, right. You know, these are the kind of actions that we take on purpose. And when we take those actions on purpose, we begin to then develop success. It's not, uh, like I said at the beginning, it's not something that just falls out of the sky, drops on top of us, and uh, poof, <laughs> right. you're successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, yeah. It's developed. Uh, you know, you, you said a really impactful thing about sales. I always remember my dad said, and still says, um, you know, God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we'll listen twice as yes. much as we talk. And, yes. and in sales, that's really what it is. It's about having that conversation and hearing who that per- person is. We're going to talk yes. about a few more actions that we can take when we come back from this break. This is the EWN Radio Network. Are you an entrepreneur, coach, or consultant who is tired of constantly searching for the next client? Are you ready to get your expertise out of your head, into the world, and packaged into a profitable online course that delivers a steady stream of your perfect ideal clients to your door and a steady, predictable source of revenue? Hi, this is Janine Blackwell, creator of Create Six Figure Courses Virtual Bootcamp, and I've created my own seven-figure courses, and I've walked hundreds of experts like you through the step-by-step of creating and launching a profitable online course. I'd like to invite you to a free online training I'm hosting for you called The 7 Steps to Creating and Launching Your Profitable Online Course. I'm going to show you exactly how to create your course, market your course, and automate delivery of it so you can get your course up and running fast and have it work for you 24-7. You can grab your spot for this free training at www.createmyonlinecourse.com. So join me at www.createmyonlinecourse.com. Are you ready to be a celebrity expert in your field? Are you your own best-kept secret? Do you have talents you want to share with the world? Are you ready to be seen as an authority? Do you have a message you need to share with the world? You know to your core you can help people if you could just reach them. Kathy and I want to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. Are you ready for this? How would you like to be recognized on top media outlets? What would becoming an Amazon bestseller do for your business? How many people could you inspire? And it doesn't take a lifetime. It doesn't take years. It doesn't take months. In fact, in just 60 minutes, you will become a celebrity expert in your field. In 30 days, you will be a best-selling author, and you will be seen on NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox, and the Wall Street Journal. How does this work? Will you be interviewed on our show, Thriving Entrepreneur, which will then be broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and many others, as well as promoted to a network that has a database of over 500,000 people. Your expert interview will be published in your very own book, which is guaranteed to hit 
best-selling author status on Amazon. Your name and the book title will appear in major media outlets, including ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN. We can guarantee that. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a custom social media package to promote your book and an MP3 of your interview with five key tips on how you can repurpose the content for marketing and sales. Don't be the best kept secret. Get ready to play an A game and be the authority in your field. Go to wehelpyouthrive.com and click on the authority package to get yours today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve, and I'm here with Sandra Yancey. We are talking about success. We're talking about the fact that success is not something that happens on accident, but it's actually something that we can plan out and take specific actions on purpose to be successful. One of the biggest pieces of that is the whole mental game. You'll find that just about every coach I know actually will start out working with the mindset that a person has uh, because, you know, what we think is really the basis of where we end up going. Um, my good friend Kelly Paulson, Sandy, actually asked, um, how do you keep going when your dreams go wrong and that doubt and fear creeps in. And Grace actually followed up with that to say, um, you know, what fills you up emotionally? Yeah. Well, I would say uh, a couple of things. I mean, what fills me up emotionally, you know, first and foremost is, you know, um, obviously having big wins, right? It feels good to win. Let's just be honest. There's a person on the planet that doesn't enjoy winning, right? And of course, we define winning in various different ways. So for me, it's it's not okay to have a, you know, thriving business and for me to be a wreck, you know, with my own body, for me to be a, a wreck in relationship with my children, for me to be a wreck in relationship with my, you know, girlfriends, and for me to be in, uh, a wreck uh, in relationship with my husband. So, you know, I really do believe in balance. I I get really nervous, Steve, when I, I feel like there's this new thing, like this new trend mm-hmm. coming, uh, which is it's not about balance, it's about harmony. Well, I say crap to that. I mean, it is about balance, and, um, and I do believe that it does exist, and uh, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect at it, but perfection is a phantom word. It doesn't exist anyway. But what I love about believing in balance is, you know, what you, uh, where your energy goes is what grows. So if you don't believe in balance, then you'll probably never have it because you'll prove yourself right. You know, so I believe in it fully knowing that sometimes uh, I get a little off kilter. But because I believe in it, it resonates with me when I'm not in balance. And so it tells me to, you know, get back onto some things. I think I've shared, you and I were talking, you know, during the break about, you know, my 31 city tours officially over. And yes, I've been, you know, working out and doing the best that I can, you know, on the road. And it is hard because my body is, you know, it's hard for my system to metabolize when I'm changing, you know, multiple time zones in a week, and it's been now going on for, you know, three months. So I'm really feeling it, you know, at the tail end of it. And, you know, I just finished my last event on Thursday of last week, just got back in town on Saturday. And 
I made a commitment today. I started today. You know, there's no, I've got a lot that I need to do before the international conference in August, and I've got a lot that I need to do before then. And instead of just coming in here and beating myself up, I felt, I feel lethargic. I know that. I don't feel like I've got the clarity. I've got to make some big, swift, important decisions coming up about things relative to the conference. And so, you know, I started a detox cleanse today. It's going to be seven days. Today I'm all fired up about it because it's really easy on the first day, <laughs> Thursday, you know, four or five days from now are going to be different, right? So, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a difficult, you know, thing I know, but I'm committed to the bigger picture. So that's how I, you know, really focus on taking care of me. I'm, you know, ex- back exercising. I always exercise with my trainer, but now that I'm, you know, I'm not officially off the road because I do have a number of other trips, but it's not like it's been on the tour, you know, where I'm, I'm literally could be in a different time zone, you know, in a, in a, in a, on a different day every day. And so I, you know, it's hard to, you know, try to eat, you know, by six o'clock on one day when you're landing, you know what I mean? In another city and it's three hours difference, et cetera. So, um, I, uh, so I'm taking care of, of me and that's first and foremost because, that's so important when you start dealing with your fear and doubt. Do you see the interdependency of them? You know, when I am not feeling uh, confident, I'm not, don't have the clarity, I don't have the strength and the stamina, when that little, I call her critical Christina, when she pops in my head and starts, you know, um, you know, beating me up with who do you think you are and what makes you think you can do this and don't you understand the risk and how much time is that going to take away from your family and just all those kind of messages that I think we all suffer from at some point or another when I'm feeling strong and when I'm feeling clear, um, I can immediately notice her and, you know, kind of raise the rent and kick her to the curb, you know, and say, I'm not going to go there. I've got to put my energy, my time, my thinking into things that are going to make this a success, that are going to make this m- most productive. I think that we all ha- we're all we all going to have failures. I mean, I don't know anyone that doesn't. There's always going to be things that don't work out or don't work out certainly as planned. We'd hoped for bigger results than we actually got, you know, me included. And the question is, do we sit and we wallow in that or do we do our plan? plan, do, review. You know, at our company, we we have a a, a philosophy and a process we call plan, do, review. We plan something, we do it, we execute it, and then I think where most small business owners fail is they forget to do the the back end, which is probably, it's kind of like the follow-up when you meet someone at a networking event. The most important part of the networking process is the follow-up, and everybody intends to do it, but very few people do. My mother used to say the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Mm -hmm. And so the same thing is when you launch a product or a a, a seminar or whatever it is that you do in your business, right? You know, you plan it, you do it, and then we get, we don't get the results we want. And we just go into, we just go into, you know, the, oh, this didn't work out. And oh my gosh, the losses and oh, the time that I put into it and oh, the, and we beat ourselves up versus, you know, getting very proactive and kind of what we call a spot analysis. Okay, what it, what part of this process went really great? What what is it? Because not everything's a disaster. What did I do well? What did we do well as a team? You know, where are our where are our problem areas? Problems area are the things that created churns and and angsts and issues. You know, kind of behind the scenes. If you think of you know uh, you know Dr. Oz. Uh, well, I'm not thinking of uh, Dr. Oz, the television show, but you know the Oz of um, of the, what's the, 
yellow brick road, you know, behind the curtain thing. Yeah, the Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, thank you. You know, behind the curtains, it's kind of like the problem areas are those things that are behind the curtain where you know it created heartache and pain and frustration and and anger and disappointment and tears, whatever it is, right? Um, But your customer didn't see it. Those are called problem Mm. areas. It could look beautiful to your customer, <laughs> but uh, behind <laughs> the scenes, behind the, the curtain, right, it's a whole other story. And then the opportunities, where did I miss my opportunities? What am I going to learn? What did I learn from this? You know, what? where were ways I could have served the customer better? Where were ways I could have wowed, you know, the uh, experience? Where are ways that I left money on the table? What were the missed opportunities? And then the threats are the problem areas that the customer saw. Do you see what I'm talking about in terms of the difference? The problems yes. are problems are the things that the customers didn't see. They're behind the curtain, right? But the threats are the problems that the customers did see. Those are the most important things that need to be fixed. And then if you can prioritize, and there might be a bunch of them, but you've got to prioritize. You can only take on so much. And in our company, we usually prioritize them to the top three to five in every single one of those four categories. And then we say, okay, what needs to be done differently the next time? And then you've got to do it again. You've got to do it again. I mean, you can't – I'm just getting ready to do my second um, sprint triathlon. I have every expectation to do better, right? I mean, you've got to get up and do it again as opposed to run and hide and say, I'll never do that again, right? If you really <laughs> learn from your mistakes, you'll see where you could make it better. Why would you miss that opportunity? Right. That's where that's where I think some of the people that the super super successful, they don't give up. They don't put their tail between their legs and go running in a corner and saying, I'll never do that again. They'll say, what did I do wrong? How might I do this different? Might not be the exact same thing again, but I will do it. I will still get up and do it again. If you can look up, you can get up. Right. (laughs) That's the way I look at it. If you're not completely out for the count, you've got to keep going. You've got to keep trying. I mean, eWomen Network, I you know, has been a series of, you know, trial and error and tries and things that have worked really well that have opened up new opportunities, things that didn't go well that we say, okay, we're not going to do it that way again. But what did we learn in case this kind of situation pops up? What won't we do again? I think that's so important because of the fact that Success is something that we plan for, and I think that the biggest thing that people who don't succeed do is they don't review it. They just see something go wrong, and right. they wallow in the wrongness. You know, it's like, right. oh, I planned this event, and it was going to be huge, and then nobody showed up. Well, right. okay, why didn't and, somebody show up? And then exactly. what do we do next? You have, have to and you have big... to review the successes too, Steve, because here's oh, what I yeah. can also tell you is even if you're on the right track, you're going to get run over if you just sit there. I mean, you know, what your customer, your customers' needs, their desires shift and they change, and you have to shift with it. What was working, I see people all the time that, have, you know, this worked for me three years ago. Well, it's a new day today. Circumstances are different. Mm. The economy is different. The customers are different. The technology is different. And so you have to shift with that too. And, and doing your review allows you to say, okay, well, how might I do that differently? I mean, we just, after 15 years of doing conferences last year, we introduced live streams, you know? I mean, we never did a live stream before, but now it's, 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 it's something that I feel is absolutely essential because this allows me to reach people in other areas of the world that I didn't have a chance to do before, right? I think that leads so 
much to, if you were going to say in a couple of words or a phrase, what would you say is the number one thing, uh, you know, Tracy Warren, actually, our managing director from uh, Snohomish, asked, yeah. uh, you know, what is the one thing that people say as entrepreneurs that really breaks your heart? How would you answer that in a couple of words? Um, I, I'm I'm exhausted. I just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. They give up five minutes before the miracle begins. That breaks my heart. Um, because what oh. that tells me is that they've been behaving like the fly on the windowsill. You know, have you ever watched a fly on a windowsill? They mm-hmm. are. Uh, it's, an, it's an interesting process, and it was a very low moment for me. Um, and I remember pulling over. We had this. We in, here in Dallas, we have these um, little uh, bistros called La Madeleine. It's a little French bistro. I remember going in there and actually just getting a cup of coffee with hot water with uh, lemon and honey. I didn't even want to spend money on a cup of tea. And I was. It was early in Ewebu Network. I was about two years into it. I was robbing Peter to mug Paul. And I, ju- I dropped my kids off at school, and I didn't want to go home. I just didn't want to face the day. And I remember seeing La Madeleine and just pulling over and walking in and noticing that they had, you know, uh, teacups with, with lemon, hot water and, and uh, lemon and honey. And I just walked mm-hmm. over and grabbed one of those and just sat down. And I just was looking out. And I was, I was actually, to be honest with you, I was praying. I was like, what am I doing wrong? Why? I mean, I know I'm not a stupid woman. So why is this so hard? What is it that I'm not seeing? And, you know, it was just like I just was praying for a sign, you know, just God, give me, give me some wisdom, give me some information, give me, and I'm just kind of looking out the window and I, I catch, my eye is just gets caught looking at this little fly and I'm watching this fly and I'm watching this fly just get up and smash itself up against the window pane, you know, mm-hmm. talking about hitting your head up against the wall, right? And and then it would get down and it would dust. You could I, I was intently watching it like take its you know legs and dust off its its wings and you know get its bearings together and sit there for a few minutes and then what would it do? It'd get up and do it again, Steve. Mm-hmm. Do it again. I looked over and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, if only it would just stop for a minute, right, and turn around. Yeah, yeah. At this point, the the fly's pretty tired. It probably feels like a long journey to fly across the restaurant, but the door is open. The door was propped mm-hmm. open. It was a beautiful day, and there there lies the opening for the very the dream that it is seeking. But instead, it's it's so hooked on its way of doing things that it's it's going to kill itself. And you know, it dawned on me that was the sign. I needed to stop doing, not stop doing what I was doing, but stop the way I was doing it. That's why I say we all need help. We've got to have a network. We've got to help, you know, we've got to be where other people can help us see what we can't see. Because when you're in it, I don't care how successful you are, when you're in it, you just cannot see it the way other people can see it. Well, and I think that's where eWomen Network comes in so powerfully to help because it's such a wonderful collection of so many diverse people that have so many skills, you know, from every every aspect, financial institutions, and, uh, you know, people that help you be better at raising your kids and, and just every aspect of that. That's one of the things I really, really appreciate about 
eWomen Network. In fact, so much so that we're going to take a real quick break here so that everybody that is not a part of the eWomen Network can find out what they could do to become a member right now. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. You are listening to Thriving Entrepreneur, and I am here with the founder of eWomen Network, Sandra Yancey. We've been talking to you about how to plan your success. Hopefully you got some good information um, on how you could become a member of the eWomen Network. And if there isn't a local chapter, um, maybe you need to contact and see if, uh, you know, you should become the managing director for your area. They're always looking to expand. So, Sandra, we like to make sure that we leave people with practical and actionable things that they can do, that they can start doing right now immediately. So what would be the number one thing you would suggest to somebody to begin turning, you know, turning the round from their repetitive beating their head against the window like right, the fly right. and actually head for the door and begin succeeding on purpose. I would say if it's one thing I've learned, the, su- the super successful make their to-do list uh, the night before. Um, it's a little thing that can make a huge shift in your business. How powerful would it be if you can just, A, go to sleep knowing that you've relinquished the day, you've completed it the best that you can, and uh, you are getting clear about how you're going to maximize your time the next day. I mean, it's just like it's a release, right? I would say then that when you make your list, you make uh, you draw a line down the center of the paper, or if you do it electronically, make two different uh, columns. Uh, if you use Excel, or whatever that case may be. However you do it, it uh, doesn't matter. Just you've got to know that there's a difference. And so as you use your stream of consciousness to write down the things you need to do, you know, focus on um, on the left side. I always uh, label it important. I put a dollar sign and I put only, as I'm doing my stream of consciousness, the only thing I put in that column are the things that make the cash register ring or things that only I can do. The other side I put, I label it as distractions. And that then tells me it's It's not that these aren't things that don't need to get done. It's just that I don't need to do them. And I need to get really smart about how I'm going to get this done. And it's uh, it's only going to, you're only,
only going to be in that crunch for a little while, Steve, because if you're focusing on the important list making the cash register ring, you'll see your cash flow begin to change immediately in very short order. So you might need to barter. So you might need to, you know, uh, call in some favors. Let someone be the girlfriend to you that you've been to them, you know, if they've got some skills and expertise to help you out. Um, You might need to give up something. Maybe it's, you know, uh, you have a favorite treat that you give yourself every day, whether it's something that you drink or it's another little treat. I mean, if you add those things up, you know, maybe you do what I did, which was I cleaned out my kid's closet and I took it to consignment shops, right? And I changed in stuff that was just in my house that I didn't need so that I could redirect those dollars to things that would help me you know, get the business the business flowing while I focused on making the cash register ring. And then the cash register will ring and you'll see the shift. And the goal is to stay focused on that. And those are, the, those are a couple of really practical things, not only how you make your to-do list, but that you make them the day before, the night before you, before you go to bed. And you used that phrase. It's amazing how often this comes up about the whole concept of planning through a stream of consciousness where you just write down everything that comes to your mind. So often we want to filter that. You know, we want to be like, no, 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 no. I've got to be focused on my to-do list. These are the things I'm going to get done. And then things pop up like, oh, yeah, that's right. I've got to take the kids to their soccer game tomorrow, you know. Right, uh, right. Rather than allowing those things to stop us, I suggest to everybody just write that down and keep on going. Um, you know, you can yeah. always cross things off your list. You know, it's like, oh well, you know, I didn't really need to write that down at all. You know, but if right. you stop that stream of consciousness, you actually stop your ability to to think, and you have to keep restarting the engine. Um, exactly. So uh, yeah. Write them all down, and um, and then start plowing through them is, is the thing. But you know, if you if you focus on the things that matter most in your business, you'll see your business change. It's so easy for us to just get caught up in the administrivia and the busy work, and then we wonder why we're struggling. Yeah, busy work. Well, and it goes back to what you said before. It's those things that we do because we're supposed to, not because we're excellent at them, not because they make the cash register ring, but because some voice inside of our head, maybe it's critical Christine, maybe it's our mothers, you know, that are telling us, yes, but good people do such and such, you know, or successful people do such and such. It's like, well, you know, the thing about it is, is you've got to do what you're good at, and then be graceful enough to allow people who are good at the things that you're not good at to come in and, and assist you and, and help you so that you're all pulling the, the the ship, you know, pulling the oars towards the direction you're going as opposed to you trying to figure out how an oar works. You know, get somebody that knows how to row. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, we do spend a lot of times. I, I think, and in this, and we think we're saving money. <laughs> like I really can't hire this out, so let me do this when it's not my area of expertise. I'm not a rower, but let me row, right? And then we we do a crappy job. I see. I've seen people do this. Some of my coaching clients that have really crappy books. Why? Because they're not an accountant. They're not a bookkeeper. They're filing things in categories that they really don't belong. So they're spending hours doing stuff that they need not be doing, that somebody else could be doing not only in a fraction of the time, but at a much higher quality level, right? 
<laughs> you know, it's counterintuitive. And, you know, Mark Cuban, I asked him, I said, Mark, what do you think the number one reason is why most small businesses fail? And without skipping a beat, he said, they don't want to do the work. They really don't want to do the work. And it was interesting as I pushed him more because part of what he was talking about is they're not willing to make some sacrifices. They're not willing. It's even like if you think about the bow and arrow, right? I mean, if you've ever shot a bow and arrow, you know, you have to take a step back. As you pull, you know, you take a step back sometimes in order to launch, you know, 20 feet forward, and and that's true in business, too. I mean, sometimes you just have to be willing. And I think it's the universe test sometimes to see how bad you really want it. Do you want it because it's easy? You know, I, I, I mean, the same thing I think goes true in relationships. You know, I, I remember I married very, very young, very young, right out of high school. I, I mean, I met my husband when I was in high school. And um, and I remember being frustrated a couple years into it and talking to my mother and saying, I don't know if this is working out. My mom was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You know? mm-hmm. And she said, you know, let me just tell you something, Sandra. It's easy to love when it's easy to love. You know, the real test of a relationship is how you manage it when it's not easy. And and I think about that as it relates to business sometimes. The real test of your commitment is how you manage it when it's not easy. And uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's important that we know, you know, how we're contributing to our own struggles. Because there's enough outside struggles. You don't have to participate in it yourself. <laughs> right? I think that's great advice. So for succeeding, remember that success is something that's planned. It doesn't. It's not going to happen for you on accident. And it's not going to happen by you slamming your head into the window. If you make a plan plan to do what you're good at and plan to not do what you're not good at, you will find your business beginning to grow. Sandra, thank you so much for taking an hour. I know that it has been a crazy last couple of months for you, and I really appreciate that you took this time out to be able to uh, spend some time with us today talking about success and some of the things you've learned. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time this morning. It's been wonderful being with you. Thanks for inviting me. Bye-bye. We are looking forward to meeting with you again next week when we have our special guest. Um, My coach, Coach Anthony, is going to come in and talk to us again. And he's bringing a special guest along with him that I think you're going to want to hear from. I'm not going to tell you who it is yet, but let me just tell you that um, this lady is going to impact your life whether you're into uh, physical fitness or not. In the meantime, I encourage you all to remember that you are uniquely brilliant You were created for a purpose. The world needs you. Go out and live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Are you ready to be a celebrity expert in your field? Are you your own best-kept secret? Do you have talents you want to share with the world? Are you ready to be seen as an authority? Do you have a message you need to share with the world? You know to your core you can help people if you could just reach them. Kathy and I want to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. Are you ready for this? How would you like to be recognized on top media outlets? What would becoming an Amazon bestseller do for your business? 
How many people could you inspire? And it doesn't take a lifetime. It doesn't take years. It doesn't take months. In fact, in just 60 minutes, you will become a celebrity expert in your field. In 30 days, you will be a best-selling author, and you will be seen on NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, Fox, and the Wall Street Journal. How does this work? Will you be interviewed on our show, Thriving Entrepreneur, which will then be broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and many others, as well as promoted to a network that has a database of over 500,000 people. Your expert interview will be published in your very own book, which is guaranteed to hit best-selling author status on Amazon. Your name and the book title will appear in major media outlets, including ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN. We can guarantee that. Plus, as a bonus, you'll get a custom social media package to promote your book and an MP3 of your interview with five key tips on how you can repurpose the content for marketing and sales. Don't be the best-kept secret. Get ready to play an A game and be the authority in your field. Go to wehelpyouthrive.com and click on the authority package to get yours today.